All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Guys, I, I don't know, I can't speak to the quality of this episode, but I know two things. It will be our most recent episode, and it will also be the earliest we've ever done this podcast. So uh, we got to uh, pull through here and, and bring our energy up, despite it being so early. It's 7 a.m. here on the West Coast, and uh, we're, we're coming to you uh, live, taped. <laughs> episode of the Wolver's Filmcast. Guys, welcome back. It's been a while. How are you? Good. <laughs> Very good. We, uh, it's early, yes, for you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, it's a Mother's Day morning. So. It's so, wait, it's, te- it's like 10.30 there. I, I don't think we've even done an episode in Michigan this early before, have we? No, I don't think so. No. Do you guys ever do? You, sorry, did you ever wake up? Well, sorry. Do you ever watch movies early? Do you wake up this early and watch movies, Colin? I know you kind of like you've probably been to a ten thirty movie. Oh before, yeah, right. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, I I think I did once last year for I can't remember what movie it was. It might have been um, the Walk. I actually think I saw that like really early in the morning. But I don't know. Do you guys think that you you have a different viewing experience when you're just waking up? I like it because there's nobody there, or the people who are there are old and aren't going to talk. Or they will talk. Yeah, or they will. It's a mixed bag. People don't talk in movies, but it's true. You're right, because I did have that thing, but that was at night. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, I like movies in the morning. Uh, I don't know, because I... One, I'm like still like kind of in like the morning days, so like going into the theater and it'd be really dark and I don't have to pay attention to anything around me. It kind of like focuses me in mm-hmm. more on what's right in front of me, rather <laughs> than like if I went later in the day, I would have the whole day distractions right. playing in the mm. factor when I see something. That's true. Mm. And That's you, get, true. A, you I, get a fresh, you know, a fresh first cup of coffee to enjoy while you're watching the movie. That's I normally true. do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do like it because it's something. There's something nice about like. Waking up early, I know, like early, but you know, see, getting a ten or ten thirty show and then coming out either at or before noon, and being like, all right, the rest of the day is at my oyster, or is that the phrase? I don't know. <laughs> at my <laughs> oyster, no, it, <laughs> sounds delicious. Out here, out here, it's taco. The rest of your day is your taco. Yeah. Um, your well, your I, avocado I BLT. I had, I had, there's nothing more joyous I've had to experience so far being out here than to roll out at seven o'clock in the morning and record a podcast with you guys. So I'm excited. So let's do it. Alrighty. All right. Hey, welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here as I am every week with my friends. Colin Ward. And Mitch Haba. Mitch Haba. Me, Colin, and Mitch, we get together every week and we see a movie and we uh, sit around and talk about it in depth. Talk about some movie and TV headlines, and at the end of the episode, we'll do some uh, video on demand recommendations for you. Uh, this week, in honor of Mother's Day, we are uh, discussing the father-son story of the summer, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and we will get to that movie in a little bit. But we're going to talk about some movie and TV headlines uh, before that. Hey guys, in honor of Mother's Day, because it is Mother's Day as we record this, 
Um, who's your favorite movie and TV mother? Movie and or TV mother, I should say. Um, I would. Oh, do you want my real answer? Or my joke answer first. <laughs> I, I want your. I want your real. Oh no, give me your joke answer, man. My joke answer is Angela Lansbury and the Manchurian Candidate. She's the best mother ever. <laughs> and, um, you know, trying to overthrow the United States as a splinter Soviet agent. How top. Yeah, so um, um, Morticia Adams. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that mo- mother. She's yeah. a little cold, but you know, it's just she's perfect. I do it's also like um, that '70s show, Kitty, Kitty Foreman. She's great. She's the best. Um, and of course, uh, Linda Belcher from the uh, from Bob's Burgers. She's an awesome mom. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, Kale, you there? Uh, can you hear me? Oh, uh, we're losing him. Can you hear me? What do you think? What? Do, yes. Can you hear me? Go again. Yes, we can now. Can you hear me? Um, <laughs> um, I, in that vein, in the Linda Belcher vein, I, I think Lois from Family Guy is one of my favorite TV moms. And then I'll also go with. Um, the the shout out to Mrs. <laughs> Happy Days, the uh, the best mom ever on on TV. Repeat that again. I was gonna say a shout out to Mrs. C, Mrs. Cunningham, gotcha. the best TV mom ever there ever was on Happy gotcha. Days. Don't you think Lois uh, takes a lot of shit? Like I guess that makes her a good mom, but like she she has to put up with a lot for to take care of that family. Yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> the subtle, can you hear me? Yeah, you're, you're like breaking up and stuff. Uh, how about now? Good, 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 good. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, good. Good. Um, I think in the subtle character development hints in Family Guy, I think in the later seasons, uh, I think Lois has really come into her own and uh, doesn't take shit from anyone anymore. And I, I like that side of Lois. Mm-hmm. She, she's her own woman. It's yeah, I'd, uh, I I would agree. It it's gotten, uh, bad like, it's got <laughs> it's gotten different <laughs> as time goes are on. We, are, we, are we really discussing the family the character, the, development, the character development of Family Guy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I wish there were more. <laughs> but no, I, 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 like, I guess I, I like guess it. if any of the characters have developed, it would be Lois for the most part. That's Stewie. Stewie's really developed in that show, actually. He's a way different character than he was in the beginning. Yeah, he used to be an evil baby genius, and now he's a gay British man. <laughs> right. What? I haven't seen this yeah. show in a while. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He's just like a gay, yeah, yeah, a gay yeah. baby. Yeah. Okay. A gaby. A gaby. Um, <laughs> anyways, happy Mother's Day to everyone out and there. And your mothers. And, um, and your mothers. Say hello to your mother for me. Um... Guys, we missed some trailers while we took, we had a little break here. Yes, we did. Um, I guess we should talk about The Last Jedi. I mean, I I, we, I guess we didn't really talk about that. What did you guys think of the new Star Wars trailer? Go ahead, Colin. Uh, God, it's been a while since I watched it. It's, it's too teasery for me. I mean, I don't know what to think about it. It's not enough. I don't have any story. But it get me. It got me excited, so I guess mission accomplished. Yeah, 
it got me very excited. I like seeing, um, I don't know, I, I just, that music, when that music comes in, I was like getting chills and just different different uh, images that were really like exciting to see. And Yeah, and it appeared to be from all of my understanding that it was orig- all originally scored music. I mean, that music wasn't drawn from anything. It didn't sound like it was mixed from anything. It sounded like someone and it might not have been john williams but someone actually scored that that trailer specifically for it which is really cool um Mm. and uh i mean i liked it i i thought like colin i agree it's like super teasery maybe even i mean it's not as teasery as the first you know force awakens teaser they saw when what just the four or five yeah it was just like the millennium falcon and shit but even that one i think got more of a fan response of excitement just because it was the first time oh my god a stormtrooper oh my god yeah fucking the millennium falcon right i hate which obviously which obviously we're never gonna get that again um uh i i listened to i sometimes i listened to a few movie podcasts and there was one that was like unbearably like fanboyish when this it was like an hour and a half long and it was just about this teaser. And I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. And after like 10 minutes of them just being like, oh, oh my God. Like, there was like the Mayan Falcon again. And like, who knows what that's about? Like, <laughs> I had to shut it off. It was like 10 minutes, <laughs> just 10 minutes into it. But I, yeah. I would say that a lot of the response to this trailer is like good and people are excited. But there's a lot of like real stupid theories popping up that just there's no evidence whatsoever for it and you know like oh is is luke bad <laughs> it's like because he said that i don't know but i'm excited yeah part of me thinks that uh this movie's gonna be really fucking weird and i'm actually really excited for that <laughs> like if anything honestly the cool thing about this trailer is that it's the kind of the first time in disney star wars era that like I don't think any of it fed on nostalgia. It didn't look like, like it. No. It, it it like it didn't look like it like a nostalgic film. Yeah, t- to me, I I don't know. It just looked like oh, now we're on a new story here. Um, yeah, and I mean like you you didn't really see Luke. You didn't even really see Leia. Like there wasn't just they didn't just add shots in to be like remember this and yeah. like you know it had no hints to like really the past Star Wars. It was all about the new. Mm-hmm. St- you know the new stuff so that's a i mean that's a good sign well, i think it's gonna there was that like background like very faint you know like with you know help me obi-wan kenobi or or wait what does she say there's like a princess leia line there's a yoda line in there and there's also uh uh there's another yeah line from yeah there's there. some audio i guess that that hints back to older things but even but like even the music is more um it's more Ray's theme and mm-hmm. Kylo Ren's theme uh, than it was, you know, the Force theme from Star. Like it was, I don't know. It, it built upon. It, it it just seemed like a movie, a trailer for a movie that's going to build upon the future, not the past, which is really cool. I yeah. think and exciting. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm but I do think I do think you know, especially the podcast that you were listening to, Mitch. I think it's going to ruffle a lot of fans feathers i think they're gonna do shit in this movie that's gonna piss people off probably good but um yeah it is good rattle their sensibilities i think that's a good sign that like a lot of people aren't you know doing the nostalgia thing for this it's like oh good you know now we're going it's gonna be i feel like this is because ryan johnson's directing it he's very visionary and very um different as a director um i think this is gonna be like 
<coughs> like you said, a very different film, and it's going to feel like standalone as a as a Star Wars film. Yeah, I hope so. Callan, have you seen Looper or Brick? Have you seen Ryan Johnson's film? Yeah, I've, I've seen Looper. Did you like it? I really liked Looper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, first of all, like the movie looked really cool mm-hmm. and really fresh, but it also like. I mean, it went in directions I really didn't think it was going, and uh, you know, it kind of mixed <laughs> mixed genres a little bit. I don't know. It was, it was a really unique film, yeah, which you don't normally see. Innovative concept. The the like world that the concept lived in was a little <laughs> weird. Like the rules of the, the time travel were a little weird. But I got it. You know, I I. Uh, but that's kind of like how Brick is. Like, <laughs> yeah, kids aren't like this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right. You, you haven't seen Brick, Alan? No, no. It's. I think you'd like it. It's Isn't it like very a, interesting, like a take on a, like a noir. Yeah, but like it's not like. Yeah, but it's like it, a high it, school. It, yeah, but it's not like a classic noir. It's like a real weird noir. I think mm-hmm. very some weird imagery. Um, and but when, when Mitch, but Mitch, when you say like, oh, this is not how kids are with Brick. That's not like the OC where it's it's <laughs> terrible. It's, it's like yeah, th- cool. like oh, these kids are super smart and like calculated and right. they're like kingpins and stuff. Yeah. It makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever. Yeah, and there's a murder and you know, it starts off with a murder. It's a noir, Colin. Don't look at me like I spoiled something for you. <laughs> it's like where are the cops in this movie? <laughs> Well, the, uh, sounding like thirteen reasons for why. Ah, oh yeah. Oh I man. That. Yeah, I want. Maybe we should watch that just to just because to talk about it because everyone seems to be talking that that shit up. Yeah, we can go after the the teen and preteen demographic with our uh, with the podcast. <laughs> We're going in a new direction. So. <laughs> Next, we'll do Pretty Little Liars, the whole series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, what else trailers? The Thor three trailer came out. Yeah, man, I knew it. I knew that Hello? that was gonna be good. Can you hear us? The the Thor the Thor trailer. You knew that was gonna be good. Yeah, well, not the trailer, but I knew. I well, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if the movie's gonna be good, but it looks good, right? I, am I alone in thinking that that movie looks like a ton of fun? No, uh, it looks great. I just think, and uh, Colin, I don't know about you, but I just it just it looks really Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, well, but I mean, I'm also like, kind of just blinded by Kate Blanchett, like yeah. being just in like full drag, like yeah, that that <laughs> that uh, that look when they first reveal her in the trailer, I was like, ooh, yes, uh, <laughs> like that's what I wanted. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited for that, but I mean, it appears that Guardians of the Galaxy are gonna in that world is gonna make an appearance in. Thor and in fact there's some easter eggs in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that may hint that yeah that um they are going to meet up <laughs> at some point so yeah and, I, and the Hulk is in this movie yeah I think they they realized you know they they got Taika Waititi who did what we do in the shadows and um um Shoot, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, and a couple. He directed like Flight of the Concords uh, episodes, <laughs> and he also did a movie. I think it was. I think he did. Um, oh, what's that movie called? Shoot, it's gonna bother me. Um, but I, I think there, Marvel seems to understand. Like, hey, let's get some innovative uh, directors in here to do these movies. I mean, you started with James Gunn, 
and um and now they're like because those are written and directed by him and i mean they fucked up with edgar wright but I think they're realizing. Well, let's, and let's not forget Shane Black. I mean, oh yeah, Shane Black. For I, I think that Marvel, yeah, Marvel gets kind of <laughs> gets to this, and we we'll we'll talk about this more. But Marvel gets to this um, rap for like, oh, they don't let auteurs do their thing, but like, they've tried, and sometimes it's worked, and sometimes it hasn't. I mean, you know, Joss Whedon. That's the like the Avengers is a completely Joss Whedon movie, mm-hmm. and like Iron Man three is a completely Shane Black movie. Um, you know, honestly, I don't really know. I mean, James Gunn is, I, I don't know if he has a really distinct style or anything, but you know, obviously he's completely taken a hold of these two movies. So yeah, I, I think you're right, Mitch. I think they're, they're probably going to continue to go in that direction when it works. So yeah. we'll see. I don't, you know, I don't know that director at all. I haven't seen what we do in the shadows, but, um, you see Hunt for the Wilder people or no, mm. well, seen some flight of the Concords. Should watch them both. Uh, he also wrote and directed Eagle versus Shark, which was like a small little indie that came out in 2007, and Boy, which all came out in 2010. But he uh, was one of the original screenwriters of Moana. Surprising. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So he's a funny guy. He's in his movies too, whether they're large roles or or short roles, so or small roles. So I, I'm Colin, excited you said for you, it. You, you, Colin, you said you had a lot of thoughts on the Thor trailer. Well, um, yeah, so. I mean, one, Kate Blanchett, very excited for that. And then it seems like they finally like embraced how like ridiculous the world of Thor is. Are you saying yeah. that Kenneth Branagh doesn't have a ridiculous <laughs> enough mind to direct uh, these uh, movies? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, so like, looks like it's going in like a like a funnier, more absurd direction, which it should because. Thor is absurd. It is absurd. <laughs> so you're about this, Colin. You're about this. Yeah, I totally am. Yeah, I'm gonna see it. I'll see it. Did you guys? Weekend. Did you guys see Thor two? No. Yes. I think that's. A, I don't know why. I mean, it, it's not terrible. I don't. It's a weird thing where like people really, really hate on that movie. Um, I didn't think it's like piece of shit. I just think it's. I you know. It just looked really dark. Like it was, it was yeah. without it was, like yeah. any redeeming qualities that I did. I mean, I didn't see it, so I don't know, but I'm not a huge Thor guy. <laughs> I liked the first one. Like I, I remember seeing that in theaters being like, I was really pleasantly surprised by that movie. I think the first one works because it's, you know, odd man out of place kind of film. Like right. oh, this ridiculous guy living in, you know, a Midwest town. Mm-hmm. Right. Trying to alien, the, alien tries to disguise himself as a human and right. he can't and just breaks shit and yeah and yeah. falls in love with a human who wouldn't fall in who's, love with now who's with not Thor? who's not in this i, I mean we, we we knew this but what do you guys you know do you, do you guys think natalie portman will be missed in this movie no because she was like hardly in the second one and i mean they just did nothing with her character so do people miss um shit what's his name jackie kennedy <laughs> i do no uh what's what's his face uh who played who played um war machine in the first one the first oh, terrence howard terrence howard and it was terrence i couldn't remember his last name yeah well they didn't see the difference is, is that <clears throat> they didn't replace the character but like, oh i see you know so 
Yeah. When she wasn't in um, Avengers 2, and they just, like, mentioned her. Oh, they mentioned that she was, like, safe. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, character done. They obviously have no more development for this character, so just get her out. Right. Right. She's boring. Boring. She she won't be missed. Um, Guys, what other other trailers were there? What else did we miss? Guys, guys, guys. Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Right, which I didn't watch because I still haven't seen Kingsman. You didn't watch the trailer yet? <gasps> For Kingsman 2? Yeah. No, because I haven't seen Kingsman 1. What's taking you so long, man? I don't know. The OC just, just enveloped my life. <laughs> You'd really like the Kingsman. Um, you've seen it, Colin, right? Yes. Uh, it's so fun, and it's absurd. It, it's like not... It doesn't take itself seriously, and, you know, any world where, you know, a su- secret, super secret spy... Oh, yeah. Uh, super secret spy uh, world or universe has a giant, like, pneumatic tube that, like, starts in the ba- the basement of a suit shop, a tailor shop, and goes, like, 400 miles out of town into a secret manor. Like, I, I love it. It's just absurd. So <laughs> they get in this tube and they, like, shoot across. And all you can think is, like, how long did it take to build that tube? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm happy that like it looks like they're gonna bring in the American uh, version of the Kingsman into this movie with um, Jeff Bridges and uh, Channing Tatum, and then they've got uh, the guy who plays Oberyn Martell. Um, what's his name? Pedro Pascal. Uh, he's gonna be in it as well. So it's, they're called the Statesmen. It looks awesome. Very fun. Colin, did you see the trailer? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, it looks fun. It's a, it's a short little one. Uh, it's intense. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, super stylistic, like the first movie was, yeah. and uh, a good use of um, my way. Yeah, that's by, true. Uh, Frank yeah. Sinatra. Um, oh, do they they have a slow version of a popular no, no, song? No, no, it's the so, it's the song, but it's like edited with like really quick cuts and to like the the beats of the song and like. Explosions. Yeah, explosions and heightened heightened sound effects and like it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Matthew Vaughn. Yes, it is. Elton John's cool. in it. They Elton John's in it. Wow. Yeah, they don't really? show him in the trailer, but he is credited in it. That's kind of crazy. Vinnie Jones is in it as well. Julianne Moore. Right? Julianne Moore, yeah. I think, plays the villain. So. Yes. Yes, we've got some badass female villains coming up in movies. Um, Colin reminded me of another trailer. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new Blade Runner had a had a newer trailer. Yeah. Like a full trailer. It, it did. Yeah. Um, which I thought looked fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, it looked like, cool. Like, uh, you know, I have no idea really what they think they're going to do story-wise, but because I happen to believe, I think that like Blade Runner is a pretty self-contained story. Like I don't, I never really watched that movie and thought, man, this needs a whole series of films. But I mean, it just looks absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's got this like updated evangelist music, which I actually, as an 80s progressive rock person, that's how I would describe myself. Um, I actually don't find like, you know, everyone loves Blade Runner and they like the Vangelis score is really awesome. And I happen to think it's completely dated and silly 
and I think it kind of hurts the movie. But, um, of course, there was the nostalgic factor to hear that music in this trailer and uh, hear it updated, so that was cool. And maybe, you know, because techno music, in a way, is kind of, you know, very in right now. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a way they could do it to make it uh, seem less silly and outdated. What did you guys think of the, the Blade Runner trailer? The music was my favorite part in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah. I mean, I still haven't seen the original Blade Runner, um, but it looks interesting and look. look mean, looks like Villeneuve like completely <coughs> like got this world mm-hmm. and uh, what it's all about. And um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm also, but I'm also not excited to just watch like Ryan Gosling like pout for two and a half hours. We will see. He's pretty stoic in the face the whole trailer. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, if it depends on the tone of the film. I, like, it's probably not going to be very funny. No, <laughs> like not. most reboots tend to be nowadays. But um, can he smile? Can I rarely smile? see him smile. <laughs> um, can, can't take that smile too much, man. People, <laughs> girls will just fawn. Uh, no, I, I really liked the the way it looked i think yeah i think denis villeneuve understands it and um i love that world uh, i'm definitely gonna have to rewatch it because i haven't seen it in a long time the original so homework maybe we'll do so it. homework yes yeah. and colin especially you since you haven't seen it i mean the, here's the number one thing i say to everyone out there who's gonna go out and watch blade runner right away there are um, like 18,000 different versions of yes. this film. Yes. Uh, do not watch the theatrical cut. And even if, and, and I don't really know if this version, because they are extremely different in ending, I think is the best way to put it. Um, I don't know which version this new Villeneuve movie is going to build off of, but just in terms of like watching Blade Runner and, and trying to experience it as a good film, do not watch the theatrical cut, and you'll know right away. If Harrison Ford is doing a voiceover, turn it off. That's not the right one. That yeah. was the theatrical version, and it's not what Ridley Scott wanted. It's what the studio wanted, and it's really stupid and silly and shitty. So don't watch that version. Yeah, that's what uh, I've heard. I've heard if there's narration in it, don't watch it. Yeah. Um, right. Well, Which was, so- that was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but that was the one that was on Netflix forever. Oh. And uh, I think a lot of people, you know, I'm sure their first experience watching Blade Runner was that, which is amazing because for the longest time you couldn't get the theatrical version on DVD. It was like really hard to find. Yeah. Uh, well, so, well, so Ridley Scott's the executive producer on this 2049 one. So I can only imagine that they are going with his vision, you know, um, and not going with the, theatrical version because I, yeah. I mean it, in the canon it's pretty well um thought of as a piece of shit the theatrical version so right. I, I don't i doubt they'd be like no the director's cut doesn't matter the theater is what rules <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. so i i feel that uh i feel like we're gonna be okay especially with denis villeneuve well, if, you know, we'll know about five minutes of the movie if we have a, a Ryan Gosling voiceover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walk down the thing. <laughs> I walk down the street going to see some replicants. Or, I don't know. I can't do a Ryan He's Gosling. He's going to say, the year, is, the year is 2049. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't save jazz. It's dead. <laughs> 
Mia's no, that, beyond beyond recognition now. <laughs> then he walks into a room and Harrison Ford's playing piano and then they kiss. <laughs> <laughs> they go in a, a really elaborate dance number with robots and you know, <laughs> sand. <laughs> Lots of red sand. <laughs> it's um, really beautiful. We missed any Big ones. Did we talk about Baby Driver? I don't know if we talked about that. We might. We must. I think have. we did. Yeah, because yeah, I was yeah. excited to talk about it. Um, there was right. the new Dunkirk trailer, and I'm starting to see. New, oh yeah, I'm starting yeah. to see new TV Wait. spots for that. Yeah, can I just say I I think that kind of didn't look good. Yeah, it looks um too self serious, and I know it's a war movie, so it should better be fucking serious. But but it's also it's Christopher Nolan, and I have. I'm sure voiced my opinion on Christopher Nolan on this podcast a million times. Um, but I just think that it, he's not, he doesn't understand like real human emotion or thought and like how characters arc. It's just like, so he's got to philosophize about stuff. Well, yeah, I do think, I just always think that he's more of a, I mean, he's, yeah, he's not like a character writer or director. He's a, a spectacle. Yeah, I mean, he's really good at that. He's really good at setting something up and then tricking you, or he's a magician, kind of, and that's why, like, The Prestige was basically about how he makes a movie. Um, yeah. And I, I love I love most of his movies, and I, I think he's, he's one of the best directors of our age, but I do think that this trailer, in my mind, just looks like it doesn't have any direction. Like, I didn't know what the story was. I mean, I know what Dunkirk was, but, like, it's like... Yeah, like, did who's just, the main did, character did, did, here? Like, I, I can't watch this trailer and be like, who's the character? Like, who am I, who's the main character here? Like, yeah. I don't even know what's happening. It feels like one of those movies that's going to follow a lot of people, and it's, like, there's not going to be a main character. You know, it's uh, the whole thing is going to be the spectacle. Right, which may um, lend toward the movie we talk about today. Um, Colin, what did you think of the Dunkirk trailer? I actually didn't see it. Yeah. Did you, do you have any? I mean, are you is something you're interested in? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm. I'm excited for it. And I mean, like, I the fact the fact that you like can't identify the main character that doesn't like dissuade me from seeing it. I mean, no, not at all. I just think it's peculiar a little bit. Like yes and no. I mean, you, a lot of because it's because it's, it's a longer trailer. It's not like the yeah, teaser. It's like three minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think you know a war movie like Thin Red Line that had you know. Tons yeah. of characters in it and <clears throat> didn't really focus on one over right. the other. I mean, that's considered one of the greatest war movies. Well, recently. Yeah. Yeah. I. Mm, it does actually, when I think about it, you know, have you guys ever seen The Longest Day? Old John Wayne no. uh, World um, War II movie? Not the whole, not the whole thing. It's, no. It was, it was a, one it was of a, my It was one of the longest movies. <laughs> yeah. it's a, it is a long movie, uh, but it's about D-Day, and it's like the first of its kind like um, on scale. And there's a lot of different characters, a lot of different actors. Um, Robert Mitchum, John Wayne, uh, I believe Henry Fonda's in it. Uh, there's a lot of people in this movie. And it just, the whole thing is about like the the three days or the like full day of D-Day and like leading up to it and yeah. then, you know, ending. Um, and it's great. It, the, the scale is in- incredible, but it's also dated, you know, it's a early sixties, late fifties world war two movie. So there's a lot of like over dramatic dying acting and racist, mm-hmm. <laughs> like racist, yeah, sure. uh, you know, lines and, and stuff. But, 
Well, we have to watch movies in their historical context. Yes, you do. Um, yeah, no, so, we I shouldn't mean, Tom, watch Tom, any Tom, old movie because it might hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Tom, want to You're hurt. right. I mean, I, I think... You know, it's a war movie, and it's going to deal with a lot of people. So, yeah, you're, who knows? I mean, it's good. Look, it's going to be great. I mean, I think – I bet there's going to be some sort of ending that makes or breaks it. But it's going to – I mean, there's no question it's going to be an amazing film because uh, just in terms of the look. I mean, look, the, and the dog fighting in this thing looks freaking real. I don't know if they – Yeah, it does. <laughs> I looks mean, it like looks they amazing. Actually shot, like they actually know. got up there in planes, and it's nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks great. I don't know. I'm excited. I just – I still got a bad taste in my mouth from Interstellar. <laughs> I think is what this comes down to. Yeah, I'm totally there with you. It was not a, not one of my favorites that year. Um, it's, Tom Hardy is in another movie where he covers his face, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he plays a fighter pilot, so he's got like the oxygen mask over his face. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the spectacle of it, but like if it starts getting into like real over dramatic like non-real feeling uh, dialogue and characters, I'm going to be pretty annoyed. Um, but it's an incredible story, and I hope it, it leads to people to to seek out that story and read about it, because um, if that evacuation hadn't have occurred, we would have lost World War II for sure. Um, so that's pretty amazing to think about. So uh, I'm excited for the most part. Yeah. You guys going to see it um, in IMAX? Or? Mm-hmm. I think most of it was shot in IMAX. Good. Then I would definitely see it in IMAX. Yeah. Cool. I saw well, um, a, a, a trailer. It was a rework version of the Detroit trailer. Yeah. I saw a, it was a shortened. Guardians. It was before uh, Guardians. Yeah. And I hated it. That trailer was not good to me. I liked it Holy better shit. than the, the Wait. other one I saw. What? Wait. We didn't talk about the Detroit we didn't, trailer. Yeah, did we? It came out like a couple yeah, weeks ago. That's right. Wow, some some Detroit film podcast we are. Um, <laughs> well, it came out after we last recorded, so. We well, went, let's, we let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, well, I think the reason we didn't think about it is because I didn't, I wasn't too excited about it, but I guess I'm not also care that much about it to be still upset about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. See, I like the new one better than really? the first one I saw. <clears throat> I still, it's still there were audible groans when that title card came up at the end and saw what it was, the movie was called. But from uh, you or from people in the theater? Uh, people in the theater. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a terrible title. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, it it is really the worst. Well, Colin, what, to tell what, tell us about the new trailer. What you thought about? Well, to me, it, I, with the first trailer, it really contained it like contained itself in this one location, which the movie might you know actually still be. But right. at least in this trailer, they looked like they opened it up and, you know, showed a lot more street uh, scenes and <clears throat> things that aren't just taking place at the at the house. The hotel. The hotel. Yeah. I um, was hoping for. Hmm, I mean, the Algiers Hotel incident is pretty. Um, I mean, that's kind of like the main that I guess if you're going to make a movie, a self-contained movie about the riots, that's something you'd want to go straight into. But I was. I was thinking it was going to be more of like a a um overall encompassing kind of movie like you know like a a Patriot's Day kind of movie was and or something like that uh, where it followed a bunch of different characters or just you know talked about the incident 
Um, but I don't, I don't know, you know? Yeah. I I just think that, I mean, look, uh, I don't want to go too crazy and negative about it, but first of all, I mean, it is one of the worst titled movies ever. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? Like call it the Algiers motel. Mm -hmm. Call it, I mean, like, don't you know, honestly, don't even call it Detroit riots or the 67 riots because clearly that's not what it's about. Yeah. And it's clearly not about Detroit. Like to just call it that is ridiculous um, and a little offensive, I guess. Like yeah. it's just. Yeah. It's, it's offensive. Like, what the hell? Because they didn't even shoot it here. I mean. Yeah, let's not even get into that. But. Um, <laughs> I mean, we should, right? <laughs> we should get into that. It, uh, maybe when we do the movie, we'll 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 get into that. Yeah, because we'll definitely do that. That'll be a, an episode. So for, for sure. sure. Um, but I just want to say too, it's just like like you're saying, self-contained movie about the Detroit riots. I mean, you're just not gonna do that. It's not. It is a complicated. You know, it was it was a a moment and a and a month of of our Detroit's history, but it's not. It's a it's a buildup of years and years of policy and social problems. And I mean, it, it's just like. You're not gonna just make a movie about the Detroit riots. I mean, I'm saying like a narrative. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So, in, so just don't act like it. That's it's that. It's a movie about the Algiers Motel incident or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. It it just seems a little bit irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it seems very it, on the nose it, too. Like, there's the line where John Boyega is like serving. You know, he's a cop. He's a Detroit cop, and he serves coffee to like the national guardsmen and they're like hey can i get any more sugar with that and he's like don't push it it's like oh, oh i get it because race <laughs> and i know that's like one of the main things but like okay all right it's gonna be one of those movies um so and and, and not only that but like it's just like i'm sorry it's just like from what we see in that movie it's just I don't know. I, I think the way that it, it portrays people, I don't want to go too deep into it. I just think it, it almost is doing, <laughs> it is being, it just see, it's almost being, it's treading on some race problems in general, like the way it's portraying things, uh, when it's probably trying to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed, it just, it's, it ruffles my feathers. Yeah. So I, it, we'll, We'll see. It Obviously, also, save judgment for the movie, but just the imagery from it, though, it like seems like everything takes place at night, and that seems like something that they did to like hide the, you know, the um, obstacle and the, or the the large task of filming large group scenes. You know, every like large group scene in the trailer seems really contained and small. Like, wait. That need the national guard for this there's like a group of like 30 people <laughs> like i you know it, i never saw any like mass scale destruction of to like really mm. show how scary that riot was for the city right. um whereas i saw uh a documentary on national geographic a while ago and this is completely different i understand because there's 30 years removed um called la 92 and it's a documentary that's just filled with tons of documentary footage and just footage from the riots in LA and it tells the whole story of like from start to finish from like Rodney King to like the Watts riots all the way up and right. it's some of the most compelling footage and um sni- like yeah footage I've ever seen of the LA riots and it and it's put together so masterfully I 
if that was released theatrically this year, like I think it would be nominated for an Academy Award. It was so well made. And then I see the De- the Detroit trailer, and it's like, oh, great. <laughs> Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, but I, I mean, all going off that point, like I, I don't think you can make a movie about it all and it'd be like a narrative movie. I think something like this serious and this huge like is only acceptable in a documentary format and anything else would be doing the thing a disservice. So I'm glad that they're not even attempting to do like a full on start to finish leading up to everything. Cause I, I think that's too ambitious and too, too much of a thing to do. So I'm happy that they can have a story that's contained that maybe have like shed light on the situation and, be an allegory for the rest of what was going on, but in a contained, contained scene almost. Right. Right. I just wish they wouldn't. The name is just fucking awful. That's, that's, that's to me, the only thing that's a turnoff for me right now. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm just saying, I just wish they wouldn't market it like, you know, like it's so Detroit or it's, um, this is Detroit. So it's, or it's so this one incident. Like it's, Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll do our podcast on it and figure it out. I think that's it's that, an interesting that, release date too. What is it? August, not not July. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's an interesting release. You're saying because it's Oscar bait yeah. and it should come out later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll find out. Maybe it's not worthy of Oscar bait. I'd like to hear John Boyega do his who his actual voice at some point in a movie. That'd be nice. Um, cause he has yeah. like a really thick English, like inner city kind of accent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think that's it for trailers. Shoot. Yeah. I think so. Like, uh, anything, anything else news wise, the MTV movie awards were two weeks ago. Um, yeah, Colin has something to talk about. about yeah. It, no. And this is, it's not like, cause I, I, I didn't watch them. I don't know what was really know what was nominated until Who we cares until we, yeah. <laughs> Until we looked it up, uh, I really right want to know what recording. the best kiss was, <laughs> which was interesting because I went to Moonlight, so that was ooh it, best handy on a beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I I just I was reading, I, I didn't watch the show, in a, but I was reading a, like a lot of think pieces about like how great of a thing they mixed uh, actors and actresses into general like non like. Con- I, I, what's the word to put? Uh, Segregated. Yeah, yeah it, didn't, it didn't separate genders for actors and actresses. Uh, so that's interesting. Wait, so that's so this is that the first year they've done that? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, so they had both uh, men and women in the same category. Yeah, nominated for both the movies and then for TV as well. So were there ten nominations or was it just five? No, I think it was just still five. See the. Uh, but and then here's so I was reading like how how great this is that we're mixing it, but then like I I'm thinking like well yeah it is great, but then you're also then implying that uh, both men and women have equal parts written for them and made for them in movies when they don't like yeah and there's it's significantly right, actually, yeah that's true there's significantly more men roles for men out there than there is women so like putting them together. Like, right. You're mixing them, but then you're at the same time, you're taking away opportunities. And I know it's the fucking MTV movie awards, mm-hmm. but like if, if that's a precedent to send, 
well, once MTV does something, the Academy Awards will soon <laughs> follow. <laughs> and I mean, they also gave well, the award I, I for Emma, Emma Watson for Beauty and the Beast for Best Actor. So, like, yeah, clearly <laughs> they're not full of the best judgment. But. Yeah, but you're taking. I feel like you're taking away opportunities, um, and soon, you know, you'll have. You, there will be a time where, like, oh, there were three or four men nominated, and only one or two women nominated mm-hmm. in the category. And it's like, okay, well that sucks like that's stupid um it, it'll only be men it'll be it'll be it'll be like MTV, oscar's so MTV. dick yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't uh, it's yeah you're not gonna you're gonna and then you're gonna start having men playing women more often <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be tootsie but not an experiment <laughs> Um, what else did, did did Justin Timberlake come out and do a skit from a movie that was really popular this year? Did they still do that like they did in two thousand three? I don't know. I didn't watch it. Yet. And four and five <laughs> and six. What do you want from me? <laughs> You're the awards guy, Colin. Yeah, yeah, I rarely considered this an award. Did, who, uh, who who hosted? Uh, some who? guy. Who? Oh, wasn't it Eichner? No, no, James Corden. No, no, <laughs> nowhere near that popular. <laughs> I, th- I feel Adam like something. Oh, was it Adam Devine? Yes. And okay. I don't know who that is. He's exactly. a workaholics and um, oh, Pitch Perfect and that is Tom and Dave. Is it Tom, Tom and Dave? And Jerry. Tom and Jerry need wedding dates. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that. It's just bonk, like like <laughs> sound effects and whatnot. Ben and Jerry make wedding cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good. Yeah, okay. Good well, what any other news, guys? Before we get into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which is a great title, by the way, not yeah. like Detroit. Uh, <laughs> g- um, no, not really. There weren't really any deaths. Oh, um, Jonathan Demi died. That's right. Yeah. Besides that, besides that, no you know, except Oscar award winning <laughs> and highly esteemed director. The most versatile directors of the 80s and 90s died, but yeah, no deaths. Yeah. What's your favorite Jonathan Demi movie? Um, the fucking uh, Stop Making Sense. Oh, okay. That shit's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. It's an amazing movie. Um, I mean, Silence of the Lambs is incredible. Philadelphia, which we did. Yeah, right. We, we we reviewed that. Go watch, go listen to the Philadelphia episode of the Woodward's Filmcast in honor of Jonathan Demi. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel getting married. Yeah, I really, I like, really that. like that film. A lot of yeah. people don't like that film, but I mean, it's one of my. I mean, I mean, really, I wasn't joking. I mean, the, he was fucking versatile. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he did every other. Like, you look at his shit, and you're like, oh my god! Like, how does he do this movie and that kind of movie and that kind of movie? Like. I don't know. It just seems like he dipped into every kind of genre and tone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. He was even, like, did a few episodes of SNL. And, yeah. That's really, yeah, that's pretty, what a great he did the He did the remake of The Manchurian Candidate, which mm-hmm. was not, is a very disappointing. Uh, but his last movie was Ricky and the Flash. So. No, he did the Justin Timberlake movie. For Netflix. What's that called? Oh, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids? Yep. 
Which apparently is really good. Heard of it? <laughs> I think it's a concert movie. Okay. But I mean, I, I will tell you right now. I, and you know, not I, I like Justin Timberlake, but not like a crazy fan. But I had last minute tickets given to me for the his Palace show in 2014, and it's still one of the best concerts I've ever been to. He's cool. a fantastic performer. Like, yeah, it was really stupid, entertaining. Yeah. Like, cool. it was crazy. Cool. Um, cool. That was, I might check that out. Is that still on Netflix? Yeah. Is that, a, ne- is that the Netflix thing? Yeah, it's, it was for Netflix, so yeah. Oh, huh. Interesting. Cool. Interesting. Um, okay, I think that's it. Yeah, so um, why don't we get into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Sure thing. Let's do it. This is the uh, sequel, obviously, to the 2014 movie. The smash hit Guardians of the Galaxy. The surprise hit Guardians of the Galaxy, which is derived from a series of comic books that nobody reads. No, I'm not. I'm joking. I mean, people do, but it's not a popular uh, set of characters from Marvel Comics, but they did it anyways, and it shocked everyone. It was written and directed by James Gunn, so is this one. Uh, returning all the same cast of characters and more. Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, the most expensive and biggest waste of money in movie history, Vin Diesel is Groot. And uh, probably should win an Oscar every time he does this. Bradley Cooper for Rocket. Um, uh, what's there to say? It's the sequel that. Um, what's there to, to preface here? It's the sequel that uh, we kind of all knew because they said it in the trailers that uh, the character of Star Lord, played by Chris Pratt, would find out who his father is, which is Kurt Russell. I, I love this shit that like now they just kind of said it in the trailer. They say it really early on in the movie. There's kind of like no suspense to find that stuff out but uh um but yeah so that's what the movie's about it's about him finding his dad mm-hmm. which he obviously uh, didn't know in the first movie so let's get into the quill story here um and uh, just kind of go around and say what our what our main first takeaways and initial thoughts were um colin you want to start yeah i can start <clears throat> um what did you what did you think of this I really disliked this movie. Really? I really Wow, didn't. like wait, 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 like like really? Yeah, or like Yeah, like really. Okay. Um, I find this fast this is going to be an interesting discussion, I think. Um what do why? Um I mean, we'll get into it more, but it's I mean, I, everyone's really good in it and they're really entertaining in it and it <clears> is funny <throat> at points. Um but it's nowhere near captured the excitement and thrill of the first movie and just seemed like they just tried to push the what worked so well for the first movie for me was that there's no exposition to any of these characters they're just these outcasts and people that just get together and and save and it just feels like so much is spearheaded into these characters like every character gets a sappy violin moment in this movie and it was really fucking tiresome um i did not like this movie um, let, let, I don't think I'm going to go first because I think I'm going to be middle of the road on this. Um, I mean, be, not first, but before Mitch. Um, I, I will say that I like this movie, but I also like wasn't blown away by the story aspects of it. I think, you know, visually I was um, and performance wise I was and like the humor I thought was totally there. But I think, yeah, I think the story was a little convoluted. I, I think exactly what you said, Colin, that, um, you know, there was just so many hard hitting moments for every character. Every that it kind character. of lost its direction a little bit. I mean, my, my biggest takeaway from this film is that I loved it, I enjoyed it, I'll watch it again, but that I think that, um, like like what I think is going to happen in Dunkirk, 
I thought this movie didn't choose a main character. It kind of fell into the trap of a lot of ensemble movie or superhero movies do. Um, so, but I liked it a lot. I mean, it's it's it's. I, I would watch these like, these characters in every movie that they make. Like, I think it's insanely entertaining. I just didn't think it it didn't hit the emotional notes or and moments for me that I think it almost did. Like, it was close, but I think I didn't focus on particularly Chris Pratt's character enough. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just what I thought, and I'd love to get more into this because I think it's an interesting movie. Uh, Mitch, what did you think? Um, so going into this, I was I had uh, high expectations, and the first like five to ten minutes with Baby Groot dancing around, I was really worried. Um, <clears throat> and then it after the first act, it like completely flipped on me, and I was in love with this movie. I thought it uh, it was like the perfect film to continue to develop these characters and their arcs and like their backstories. And I know that's like my main criticism as well is that there's a lot to get through, like and a lot to go over in a short period of time. Um, and some of the stuff it kind of, you know, trips around, but for the most part, like, you know, so much more about these characters now and their relationships and their um, backstories and their history that like, I mean, I, I like cried at the end. I thought it was that moving and that, um, that touching, uh, and good send offs for certain characters and good development for others. Um, cause I, I mean, yeah, who, who are the main characters in this movie? Is it just Peter Quill? Is it Peter Quill and Gamora? Is it Gamora and her sister, you know, her sister I mean, um, yeah. Nebula is it, is it, but, but that, but like, I love that part too. Um, but is it, or is it Peter Quill and Yondu, you know? Um, right. No, I see, I agree. And I think that my thing is all of those were really good character stories. Like they're all really interesting. And then you have this really small throwaway thing about Drax's daughter, like things that are really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think like those could all be one movie. Like you could. Yeah, but you're not going to you get a Drax movie, you know? <laughs> well, you're not going to get a Drax movie, but you're going to, you know, you could do. A Guardians of the Galaxy okay, movie okay. that focuses on Drax. Well, you get, okay. Honestly, like it could, it should have been like this is the movie about Peter and his dad, and then the next movie is about Gamora and her sister. Like you could really do that. There's enough there to make that the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like this movie was really, in a lot of ways, like it was like the movie where Luke goes to Dagobah, but everyone else also goes to Dagobah. Like it was weird. <laughs> like, like, like. I just didn't think that everyone like I think the obvious choice in this movie honestly was that Star-Lord just goes to Ego and no one else does. And like that's and, and that breaks up the family of Guardians of the Guardians and like they have to fight their way back to you know they have to make a decision to go get Peter or something. You know, I mean kind of Empire Strikes Backy but like I, I just think it it just lacked that focus in a in a way because again I I think they're all interesting and I think they were all moving. But I just think a movie that is clearly about how Peter finds out that his dad is a maniac, um, you know, ends with Rocket Raccoon crying. So like what, you know, that was just weird. And I and I and Mitch, I can totally see some someone and even myself watching this again, having a really emotional response to it. I just thought that it it didn't focus on one thing Mm -hmm. and it kind of lost like very, 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 very powerful storylines. I think lost their weight. I think 
I think like the main character was, and it sounds like cliche or stupid, but the main character that's focused in this film is like them as a unit. I mean, and right. how they relate to each other. And because you can tell like a lot of time has passed since the first one. Um, but this had, you know, this had a really strong first or third act. Whereas I thought the first one didn't have that strong of a third act. Like that was the weakest part of the movie. I, I, I agree, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a Marvel problem. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The first act, but, but like, you, you, Colin, you mentioned, well, you know, it's not going to have the same luster, but of course it's not. I mean, that first one was so fun and so, you know, you're introducing all these new characters that you've never seen unless you read the comics. Um, now we know these characters pretty well, and we go into a movie having a very good idea of their basic backstory, and now and then we get more of it, and we get things that build on to it to, like, strengthen their relationships. Um, and it's just little moments, of, like little conversations they have you know, Peter Quill has with Gamora about, you know, a story he tells about David Hasselhoff that I thought was really touching and <laughs> we'll get to that. I know it's weird <laughs> to say that, but, but like, you know, that, that's part of it. And I think that, um, I just think it does a really good job with character development and, you know, others may, may disagree, but yeah, I just, I just found myself eye rolling every time a character had a monologue and, there's better ways to yeah, tease out someone's backstory talking. than have them talk for three, four minutes. I will agree that that ego, uh, Russell, Kurt Russell, I almost said Russell Crowe, <laughs> uh, Kurt Russell's character, that scene was a little like tedious because uh, like we've never seen that in a in a uh, Marvel movie before. Like, oh, he's a god. He's a planet. <laughs> he creates, which is a weird way to, to look at something. How do you represent that and show that to the audience but i feel like they 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 hit the beats they needed to that he was trying to like learn about life and i mean we'll get into it later but there are some funny moments in that um that monologue but for the most part i would agree that it got tedious but i got it i wasn't like confused but it it, it wasn't just him having that monologue it was nebula had a monologue and um yondu had a monologue and zoe sultana's character had a monologue and Rocket had a monologue. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a, it was a lot of like, here are my feelings. Yeah, yeah. Show me, don't tell me. But they do. Um, sh- uh, whatever they show it, I think they show it. Um, I mean, there's that that telling, and they there's a reason they put Rocket with Yondu, and there's a reason they put you know all these characters with each other, and. And, you know, one of my favorite parts was the Gamora and Nebula character arc. Like, I agree. There's there's a lot there. In- mm-hmm. It just get, felt it, like it was right. spearheaded into this movie. Hmm. <laughs> no, Yandu's story was spearheaded, arrowheaded. Yeah. Oh, uh, spearheaded. Yeah, finheaded. Um, Callan, what did you think about like? Let's just in general though, the, like the concept of the ego story, like this idea that Peter's trying to find his dad and, and really finds out that like, spoiler, you know, wait, spoilers. He just or do we want to? Oh, we're spoiling. Yeah, oh, okay. On, Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Okay, go ahead. Um, but, you know, this idea that he, he is literally God and he creates worlds and he also just, he wants to kind of have his footprint in, in reality or like in mor- mortality, I guess. So he goes around and plants his seed like Genghis Khan and every person he can. And so like, ba- you know, like this concept basically on a, on a deeper personal level that Peter finds out that his dad didn't give a shit about his mom, basically, and didn't really give a shit about him. Yeah. 
did you think that like did you expect that coming from this movie did I expect it? I expected that the very first minute I saw Kurt Russell walk off that ship. <laughs> the, Did there, you really? There's like your you fucking thought, like, villain right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was so obvious. Oh, I but didn't, it, see, I didn't, I didn't think it But it took so that. long yeah, to tease that. out the villain. Like, like I knew this whole time Kurt Russell is the villain. Like, I, and then, like, it's not but until is, the last 20 this, minutes where he's like, oh, here's the villain of your movie. Like, it's, it's, uh, I, li- I liked it. Um, I, I like the reveal when he reveals, like, that he really didn't care about his mother and what he did to her. Um, I like that. Like that, like there are people in the movie like gasped, like, like, Oh shit. You know? And yeah, I guess Colin, maybe, maybe part of it for me is like, <laughs> like it follows convention, Marvel formula. To, yes. Oh, we've, we've, but, okay. But, but I didn't think that guardians would, cause the guardians, this like, you know, the first movie and this movie, I, I think in more than, the rest of them doesn't like follow the rest of the universe and like the style that those movies follow in terms of beats and things like that. Like, I don't think it, it doesn't fit into the formula of like, Oh, okay, here's, here's our special guest of the week. Um, and that guy's clearly the villain. Uh, so I didn't think it was going to, it's, but you know, just cause also it's like, okay, Kurt Russell, he's kind of like an eighties action hero, nineties action hero. Like, you know, he's going to he fits well into this world and like, they want him to be in sequels. Like, I don't know. I, I really thought. I guess I'm saying that because it is the formula, I thought they were going to go away from like, I thought they're going to the trick would be on the audience. Oh, yeah, he's actually really cool. <laughs> and Peter's going to have his dad and it's going to be great. And then I don't know. Maybe yeah, that would movie. be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. So I just, I'm just trying to say why I wasn't surprised. I, I was surprised that they went, you know, even just to be that dark. Like, you know, it, this, he put a tumor in his mom. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. This was a, probably the darkest, um, the darkest Marvel movie I, and a, by far. And, a, and adultist. Like, they, there's a lot of dick jokes and stuff in this movie. Yeah, there's also a lot of really gruesome murders. Like... <laughs> Well, yeah, and Yandu like that goes through his ship. Like this movie is rated. Murder this movie is rated PG thirteen, yeah. and like we see arrows like going through people and like seeing their faces as they die. Like it, it's in slow motion with fun music playing. Yeah, yeah. And, and Colin, whistling. did you think that was did that borderline and not tasteful? Yes, I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought it was fun. I mean, these people are guilty of you know doing a mutiny and throwing people into space and murdering uh, yeah, them. So it's right. like, all right, that's fuck why you they guys. Made, right. that's Yeah, but we still don't need to show it in slow motion with bodies falling. Just <laughs> have them have them get a, a gotcha moment and blow them up and get an oh shit face. That's all yeah, I Yeah, but we need to see Yandu use his arrow. Yeah, like, I mean, it was he was badass at doing that. But yeah. Like, uh, it's, but that, that goes also back to my point that Yandu is kind of like the main character in this movie. I mean, they said my know, favorite character. Actually. Yeah, he was my yeah. favorite. Michael Rooker is amazing. And he, Yeah, but but it's like you don't my problem too. That that storyline is fucking great. Like mm-hmm. let Peter realize who's you know who basically who his real dad is and and also Yandu like was a piece of shit and he's trying to make up for all that and like it's all great, but I didn't realize it. Like basically like my eye my my metaphorical audience eye didn't realize that I should be looking at Yandu in the picture until like in, in literally until, the until act, like yeah. the last 
Well, like the last 20 minutes, like I was like, oh my God, because you could see where it's going at that point, right? Like, oh, he's mm-hmm. going to sacrifice himself and Peter's going to realize. Like, but that whole thing, like, I don't know, it just, it was just, it came up on me really quick. I was like, oh my God, yeah, okay, I, Yandu's the main character. Yeah. And he's got this relationship to Raccoon that, like, I didn't really, like, it, it kind of came out of nowhere, like, oh, oh, he, they have this kind of similar bond mm-hmm. because they're similar people. I don't know. It was just, I, th- I think that's why I, like, teared up and cried at the end because it came so, it came up so fast. The, that, that part, like, once it's revealed that Kurt Russell, character is just trying to spread his spawn so he can destroy the world basically or make the world his him and him only um or the universe him and him only uh and he's just like killing kids or whatever to see if like you know he brings them in to see if they're worthy of you know harnessing the same power and then if they're not he kills them and then just realizing that Yandu was the one who was supplying these kids to him, it, it just like came so quickly and how Yandu basically saved Peter uh, when he was younger from, you know, delivering him to his, his psychopathic father. It, I, I, it hit me hard, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's definitely. Cause he was, you know, Yandu was so flawed. Like all the, you know, raccoon, uh, rocket raccoon, they're all so flawed. All these characters that, it provided such a different background to him. I mean, like Gamora flawed because she couldn't realize that Nebula was her sister and was trying to survive. And, you know, so. Yeah. And just put that well, in the okay, movie. So <laughs> yeah. It is. I mean, there's it, enough for Kirk between Peter, Kirk Russell, and Yandu to make that the whole movie. Right. That could have been, the whole thing could have been developed <clears> more. And better and smarter than it being, you know, the, like we just said, Caleb, like the last 20 minutes of the film. Well, well I think they we, do it throughout the film. I think I feel like they build it out throughout the entire film and then, you know, really reveal a majority of the stuff like in the climax. I where, you know, I just think I thought it was done really well. So, yeah, I, I, different I mean, I think, opinions on that. Yeah. I, I could. This is why I think it's interesting because I could see really having an emotional response to this. Um, it didn't click for me, but I can see it being like. I, I mean, I don't think it's terrible. I just think that personally, for my taste, I wish they focused a little bit more. But can we, can we on the subject of um, you know that they're all kind of flawed and that you know the 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 violent Yandu scene and. Uh, just, you know, the fact that these guys are super anti-heroes. I mean, this is kind of, the, I mean, especially that Yandu scene. It's kind of the closest thing that Marvel, the Disney movie property, has to uh, Deadpool, I would say. Like, in terms of its irreverence and uh, its adultness and uh, it, the violence, especially with that one scene. I mean, do you think that, and because James Gunn is this kind of guy, too. Do you think that we would see an R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy movie one day? I hope so. I mean, in Colin, this should you, have been you, rated R. <laughs> well, and, and, I mean, there's Colin, just no and, blood and, in it. On, Colin, on that point, because you thought that the Yandu scene was a little not tasteful, but obviously a scene like that works in Deadpool. I mean, do you think if there was a, an expectation of tone that like this is gonna be fucking crazy because it's R-rated would? you know, alleviate the tastelessness of a scene like that. Yeah. Cause it, yeah, I think it would. Yeah. Simply. Cause he, 
you do seem like it, it it does seem like it's gonna be a family movie but it really it really isn't yeah, yeah there were some young kids in the theater that i was like huh really? yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, but it's not even like it, i i don't really care you know what age people see like have yeah. like are exposed to violence or sex or language that's that that's not never the problem with me but it's like when your movie is is like it's just keep it consistent throughout is my thing don't have right like this right. one scene where that where it's like shockingly violent and uh, very cause stylized it's, it's, yeah because it just feels out of place from the rest of the movie if the rest of the movie was also like you know violent and stylized and maybe mm-hmm. it is stylized but yeah, I, mean, you, I thought it was shot really well. That scene and the whole entire movie in general. But what were you saying? Go? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, well, before we get to the look, I just um, what was my other question? <laughs> um, well, well, Colin, do you, would you want to see an R-rated movie with these people, with these characters? Yeah, I think the jokes would be funnier. And the dick jokes would be less subtle and more more yeah. just this is a dick joke. Yeah. Like you're telling me that Rocket doesn't say the word fuck at all. Right. right. <laughs> it's just weird. Only off camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. I, n- not so much. I mean, I thought the humor in this was really good. I thought there was a lot of really funny laugh out loud moments um, physically and, you know, dialogue, dialogue wise. Um, <clears throat> like the humor wasn't a problem. I thought it was still very funny. But uh Rated R just for the, the not so much lang- well, language, but also just how violent this world is, <laughs> how brutal this world is. I mean, people dying, th- this movie and the first one show people like what happens to people when they die in space. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a pretty brutal thing. Like you freeze and basically, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty hard to watch. So Although I do get confused how Peter Quill can just go out in space with, just the mascot. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Oxygen, like, can it get like up his oh, he sleeve or something? <laughs> well, he he did it. He did it in the first one, but it wasn't for very long. Like he can do it just to breathe, but like yeah. And then they introduced this new thing in the movie with this like patch that puts like a yeah. bubble wrap over yeah. you, <laughs> which I liked. That was cool. Rocket conveniently only had one of. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> I'm still like I'm still hung like up the, that you guys weren't aware that someone whose character named ego was not the bad guy (laughs) well i didn't think he would be that bad guy i thought like (laughs) flawed and like but i you know i thought it was gonna be a star wars like i can bring him back and be a good guy kind of thing like yeah i I thought it was gonna be a little more yeah he's just plain psychopathic sociopathic evil yeah you know He's not. He's not of this world. He doesn't have the same emotion. I am ego. Okay, asshole, settle down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you make a planet of yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better be called ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no. There's no good gods. <laughs> yeah, but how did how did you guys feel about his assistant, uh, Mantis? She was cool. She was. I mean, as a character, I thought like. You know, maybe maybe tell us a half hour earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. She served a she served a purpose. I I liked her. She was um. I like that. Well, I like the power. It's a cool, unique. Like yeah. I can feel empathy. Empath. That's, yeah. 
Yeah, I, and there's the scene where she feels uh, Drax as he's thinking about his daughter, and she starts crying, and it, it's like it's moments like that that were really, really uh, moving, and kind of like showed that she she doesn't really want to be a part of this. And when she finally tells him, kind of tells him, a little too late, if you ask me. But <laughs> when she tells him, and then like uses her power to try and get him to sleep, like that's a you know, that's established. So, and she was funny too. And yeah, I thought my favorite humor in the movie was between her and Drax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are disgusting. <laughs> and that, that was also, you know, it's just stuff like that. That was really sweet. Like at the end, and it's like, you are beautiful. Like, yeah, on the, in, I mean, on like, the inside, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, uh, I mean, I, <clears throat> she was funny in it and it led way to comedy, but I'm like, Oh, here's like a actual, like, character whose only job is to serve the guys that are around her <laughs> right but right. she saves you know she helps save the day so i did like the moment at the end when she gets hit in the head with whatever it was and it's like <laughs> she gets completely demolished like knocked out <laughs> and drax is like mantis look out <laughs> way after that was one of the funniest laughs, <laughs> yeah um i did you mentioned you mentioned it i mean the the every from the cinematography to the lighting to the art direction in this movie, I thought it was a really awesome looking movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I happen to think between this and Doctor Strange and what it looks like Thor, I mean, Marvel also gets this rap for like, oh, it looks cheaper than DC and it looks like TV. Like, I hear that a lot. Like it looks like TV, mm-hmm. but like, I think that's horseshit. Yeah, that I is think- horseshit. I've, no way. Yeah, and I think this movie was like ridiculously like it looked super expensive and it looked really good. Like I, I don't know. I, I think um yeah, the world building you know, in these movies is incredible. I mean, you yeah, you are there. And I, I and just, you totally believe like, it. I don't know. Like the it, I, even like the when when Ego is walking around talking about his past, the the little statue moving guys was like, you know, there's unique looking design in this movie mm-hmm. the, the, those people that are really pretentious and they are all in gold and stuff like that was fucking <laughs> the cool sovereign, and I, I like them yeah and i love you know even like just some concepts like i love the like video game starships those people use mm-hmm. um just a lot of stuff like that i thought was really really unique mm-hmm. um, and or fresh and you know it also it all while also having like an 80s look to it yeah it's really like it's a really it's a really difficult. colorful movie yeah, it's super colorful. Um, Colin, what do you think of the look, cinematography, that sort of stuff? No, it, no, it looked really good. It re- looked really clean and polished and mm-hmm. well put together. Yeah, yeah, no complaints on that at all. I mean, I thought like Groot, like uh, the CGI there is just incredible. Like, I, I don't know. I, I guess we could talk about Baby Groot. Surprisingly, he only says "I am Groot" like twenty times in the movie. Like I thought it was way more than that, but he he was he served a purpose and he was cute and I liked it. But it was also like I don't want to see Baby Groot again. You know, I don't want to see movie. any babies in my movies. <laughs> He's a baby. Yeah, he is. He's he does babyish things. Yeah, like it's gross. It, I did like when he throws up. I did like when he throws up after they go through like 700 (laughs) portals or whatever to get to where that was a great sequence show, like cutting to their faces in the CG of them, like going nuts. That was awesome. Um, 
Um, I, I mean, we, we, there was a, a, too many after credit scenes. I'm sure that that's the consensus. Ooh. But I loved, I love, I did love the adolescent Groot scene. Yeah, like, that, that was, was pretty funny. funny. What, what was that? The like, he's like a teen, and he's like on his phone or on something like in his room, and Peter Quill walks in, and he's like, he's like, are you gonna clean this up? He's like, uh, I did not see that. You didn't see that? Uh, when was was that at like the very end? I or? swear, I stayed for the whole th- everything too. Huh. Yeah, I think it was the very end, maybe. And he was like, "I am Groot." He was like, "He, he I was am Groot. like, you know, upset like, about go, it." Yeah, like, go, um, yeah, whatever, Dad. And they're all like, "You need to start picking up around here. You will not talk to me that way." It's pretty funny because oh. they all take care of him when he's a bit ba- like during the movie, like he is a baby, which was like kind of fun. Like they hold him and like get him to sleep and stuff. I, I swear, I stayed for the whole movie, and it was like silent when we were walking out. Hmm. Because I, I waited around with everyone that was there. That's maybe, maybe really you weird. Just, there was a lot of them, so maybe you just forgot. <laughs> maybe I was just like, w- this is too fucking much. I yeah. just tuned it out. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot. Um, but even, like, well, the, the end credit sequences, I mean, Sylvester Stallone makes an appearance again. <laughs> I, I did like that character, which, you know, sets up the the, like, the possibility of a Ravager movie. You know, right. which could yeah. be a lot of fun with Sylvester Stallone and uh, other people. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like a pirate movie just, in space. <laughs> on the uh, on the subject of Groot, I just I still I can't believe that they pay Vin Diesel to fucking record that shit. Like it, it's infuriating a little bit. Yeah, and it's not even like noticeably Vin Diesel's voice. No, it's, it's like of course a voice nah, that's put through it. And then put like a child's filter on. Well, it. yeah, like, anyone yeah. could do it, right? I, I yeah. yeah, whatever. I mean, he did Iron Man or not Iron Man, uh, the Iron Giant. So, yeah, but I'm just saying that like this is particularly not his voice. This is like <laughs> right, yeah, like you, you a, don't, it's you a Vin Diesel him. as Vin Diesel as Baby Groot. It's like, oh, you mean. Okay, <laughs> I think you mean the computer as very yeah. baby. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's just After like Bradley Cooper's modulation. over here, completely transform transforming his voice in like a really talented way, and then you're just like, okay, Vin Diesel, say a sentence, and then we're going to modulate it completely, indistinguishably, not you. Mm-hmm. This is one time <laughs> I thought though, because I, I, I realized I'm like, why is Vin Diesel doing this voice? And like, I then I thought to myself, do you think like they do any modifications for Bradley Cooper's voice? Because I've never seen him mm-hmm. do it, like, not in the movie. I don't... I'm sure... Well, I'm sure they do a little bit. Just because yeah, they, they kind of have to with all voices, but... Yeah, but, like, change, like... Maybe he's doing it, like, deeper, and then they raise the, the pitch on him. I don't know. It sound, It doesn't sound like there's too much pitch changes or anything. So I, I don't know, but cause it just like shockingly doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper. So yeah, I know. And that's why I like, well, he's I joked about the Oscar, but like <laughs> if there is no modulation or anything, I mean, it's, it's super impressive. Yeah. Like, it's hard to be a voice actor like that. And he yeah. does a really good job at it. So he's an actor. He's very, he's a talent. Um, um what did you guys think about the, uh, volume two, the soundtrack? Compared to the first one, I guess maybe let's 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 frame it in that question. Yeah, because I think that's what most people are comparing it to. Like, uh, I think most people are saying like it's not as good. It's just not as much in it. I, I think the use of Fleetwood Mac, the chain, was great. Yeah, that, that was, was yeah favorite. yeah okay. That was perfect I, actually. I did, but then it stopped. 
Like, it was awesome, and then it didn't... I wanted it to go throughout the whole fight. Oh, like, right. it just really <laughs> cut off really quickly. But I did love that. I mean, that was amazing. I loved... That was really cool. Yeah. I liked um, the use of... I mean, Mr. Blue Sky was fun in the beginning, just because it's a fun right. song. Um, I liked... Like, I've never... I don't think I've ever heard the song Lakeshore Drive before. Um, which oh, I can yeah. never remember... Yeah, yeah. I could ever remember who sings it because it's like a really weird uh weird artist name um let's see if i can find it right here Hmm. it doesn't give me anything um yeah i really like that song and i uh i like the use of some of the music but it wasn't as like i mean nothing's gonna be better than the first one because it was so different so but now that they've opened up all, with the end by giving him a Zune with over 300 <laughs> songs on it, they've opened up like an entire possibility of having like any music from, you know, the 50s to the, to the, um, you know, 2000, mid 2000s. So, uh, and of course, everyone, everyone knows that I still use a Zune. And, uh, yeah. so I got, I've been getting a lot of texts and, and, uh, I don't know, you know, people are in the theater. Two people sandwiched uh, that was sandwiched in, in between hit me like, "Oh my god, dude, you're finally famous." Zune. <laughs> it's it's Zune's time to shine. Yeah, there there was like a like l- people laughed out loud when they were like, "Yeah, everybody's using it on Earth." <laughs> Three hundred songs. <laughs> what? Okay, which by the way, that is that is so dumb. Yeah, that was a huge ass Zune. That thing probably could carry carry way more than three hundred songs. I thought. Zunes are great, man. It's, it was just bad marketing. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to beat the iPod. so. There's a great article that my friend just posted on my wall about how uh, there's just a lot of us out there who can't get rid of our Zunes. <laughs> um, uh, speak- I'm a little disappointed. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Colin. I was speaking about the music and how it was used in scenes. Uh, it it kind of makes me... I, I Maybe... You you feel differently about this, but I I after seeing the movie, I was like there wasn't that much action in it, was there? Yeah, there was. No, I thought there no, was. No, I I agree. I mean, there was the Yandu scene that was action. Then there was the beginning, and which the, yeah. wasn't really an action scene. Yeah, I agree. Then um, there's the scene where uh, Rocket Raccoon is like setting all those traps and fucking people, all those ravagers. Yes, up. yes, yes. That was a great scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like we, um, it showed that like, oh, this is how this little guy is like a warrior. You know, he, this is how he does it. And maybe, right. maybe there wasn't to say there's not a lot of action is around there's to me, maybe there's not a lot of memorable action scenes. Well, I gotta say, I really didn't like the dragged out fight between Ego and Star-Lord, which was really reminiscent of like Zod and Superman yeah. in Man of Steel. Yeah, like the, the style stuff, yeah. was like really, really similar. So um, like, so now Peter Quill is like figured out that he's like part God. So now he doesn't get hurt. Like when he goes f- crashing into rocks and stuff. I mean, none of the the stakes for these characters is like, you see them go flying and smash into like a rock and they're like, my bones are fine. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not hurt at all. Yeah. So it's like, all right. All right I'm I pretty get, sure you I like you it. tripped on Zendar like yeah. in the first movie and like hurt your knee or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. When he gets electrocuted yeah. and falls. 
falls and is hit in the head. Um, yeah, so it, it did change. That changed a little for me. It kind of bothered me. But, like, again, you know, you're fighting a planet. <laughs> like, uh, you got to right. have some sort of, you know, leeway with how hurt somebody can get. <clears throat> um, I do got to say I was a little disappointed um, if you go back to uh, June and June – Yes, June 29th, 2015, I asked James Gunn on Facebook if She's Gone by Hall & Oates would make its way into Awesome Vic's volume two. And he said, it's a great song for sure. That's my favorite Hall & Oates song. So uh, I, I, was, I was really hoping that I would uh, walk into that theater and uh, hear it. Hear, hear She's Gone and go, oh. I, that's me. I I picked that up. <laughs> I did that. No, but you know what? You know what actually was kind of frustrating. They, you know, they were it, obviously this wasn't a big deal for the first one because no one knew what the fuck was happening. But I think it was a weird. I mean, obviously they have to do this, but like they released the soundtrack listing like three weeks ago, oh. and like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like that. It's it would be really fun to go in there and not know what songs were gonna be played. Well. I mean, I did because I didn't listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, I didn't listen to it, but like, I, I mean, I looked. I was like, okay, what's in this one? Right. Uh, <coughs> I don't know. I there were. I really like like some. I like these soundtracks because they introduce things to me that I hadn't, you know, probably listened yeah. to in a lot. Like that Cat Stevens song at the end during when oh, like, yeah. yeah, that was really cool. Um, George Harrison, you know, Glenn Campbell, Sam Cooke. Just a lot of lot of good moments, and, and you know, it's not like you know, it's not like Red Bones, come and get your love, but it's still, it still worked at times. Um, yeah, I liked it. But but I before I saw the movie, I was like Spotify recommended Lakeshore Drive by it's a um, by Aliota Haynes Jeremiah, which it's the first time I'm hearing of it, <laughs> and. Uh, and and I like music, so I'm surprised I hadn't heard that song before. And so I was listening to it for a bit, like on my new mix, like I do like a monthly mix where I add songs to it from Spotify. And then it pops up in this movie. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? What, <laughs> what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Good. It's a good. So song. You, you, when you heard it in the theater, did you sh- did you shout? That, that was me. I chose it. <laughs> yeah. I, I I was listening to this. No. Um, anything else about uh, anything else about Guardians, guys? You got any other thoughts? Any any lingering things you want to get off your chest? Um, I really like the scene where he's looking for the tape. I think that was fun. It was like a a draw away from like the action, like where that was going to be pretty pre- repetitive of those sovereign things at the very end. And he's like, does anybody have any tape? I can tape over this button. He's <laughs> like, let me check. And they're like, you hear in the background, like, Gamora, do you have any tape? No, no tape. No. <laughs> Drax, do you have any tape? Scotch or what? He's like, I guess scotch would work. No, I don't have any. Well, why would you ask? If, <laughs> why would you ask me to specify? <laughs> you know, but at that point, did you, Colin, did you feel this way too that you know, they showed that scene in the trailer. Yeah, yeah that was a little disappointing, yeah. but they didn't do the tape thing. No, I, I know, but they but they did, like, they did the tape thing. They just didn't show the whole scene, but, like, you knew that, like, the joke about who would have tape. If anyone would have tape, you would have tape. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that scene, the scene where, 
uh, Mantis first uses her powers and Drax is being awkward, like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. With that full scene was in the trailer. Um, I'm your father. Peter was in the trailer. Um, well, you got to show some some of the movie to sell it. So, and it, well, it, that's I, just the problem with trailers. <laughs> I mean, you really don't. Everyone's gonna see this movie anyways. That's mm-hmm. true. I mean, that's like well, that's what Star Wars does, and they're really good at it. They don't show you fucking anything. So I don't. And you know, it's the same company. So I don't get why they think that they need to show these extensive things because uh, you're gonna go see it. I mean, everyone's gonna see it anyways. So. Hmm. Um, I don't know. That was kind of a bummer, but yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I literally was sitting through the funniest scenes in the movie, not laughing because I had seen it a bunch of times already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I still laughed a great deal. I like the when he's like, "You look like Mary Poppins." He's like, is he a badass? <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was great. Um. Yeah, so I do. I recommend it. I, I didn't think it was amazing, but of course, I really had a great time watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it looks great, and it's. I did laugh a lot. Uh, Mitch, I'm, I'm assuming you recommend it. Yeah, for sure. I, it's one of my favorites of the year so far. In fact, I I liked it more than the first one. So. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Colin. No. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. So, Colin, Colin, how bad was it for you? I mean, like, where is, is it like, is like, it like, this is the worst, this is worse than Dark World, or this is worse than Suicide Squad, like, or is it like Suicide Squad? Like, how bad was it? No, it's not anywhere near what Suicide Squad was. But there, this was one of the, I was watching it, and I'm like, okay, when's this going to be over? Like, when can I leave this theater? So, that's not a very good feeling. So, yeah, yeah I, I felt like, like it a, flew by. For me, I'm, I'm just trying to get like a gauge from you, like like compare it to something that you another genre movie like this in the last couple of years you didn't like, like Avengers, 2. you know, like Avengers two. Yep. Yeah, that's I think it. that's it's a good like right comparison. Yeah. I think that's and, kind of how I feel about it too. I yeah. actually think I tweet. I think I tweeted that like I felt the same way walking out of this as I did Age of Ultron, yeah. which was I had a lot of fun, but it didn't hit me the way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. In weird. I mean, to me. It, it it kind of made me like lose not respect but like lose the luster of what made guardians of the galaxy different from marvel when to me this was like such like it was it's like it it was such a marvel movie to me and whereas like the first guardians wasn't and like then i got to think i'm like oh like and maybe this is the point of the comic too but like Oh, um, so Peter is Captain America. Zoe Saldana is Black Widow. Groot is Hulk. Drax is Thor. And it's just like, oh, this like it's the same thing, but just different people. Welcome to comic yeah. books, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's I what mean, I'm saying. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> maybe that's the point of the comic, but no, like, no, and I and I think that. See, see, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, I think that, um, in my opinion, what made the Avengers, what made Captain America three, and what made Guardians of the Galaxy really good was that they had they had a focused main character, whereas like Age of Ultron and this movie kind of are trying to get all of them into to one 
thing. Where, you know what I mean? Whereas like in the Avengers, in the, in the first Avengers and in Captain America Civil War, uh, which is basically an Avengers movie, like, you know, the main character is Captain America and Iron Man. Like it's their story. Um, and really in Guardians of the Galaxy, it's Peter's story. Like it's a very personal story from Peter's point of view. Um, I think the problem with Age of Ultron and this movie, I'm just being redundant, but I just, I think those are really, it's a really good comparison because I think they're, they're good movies. I just think that they don't have the direction. Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. felt the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, to me, Age of Ultron didn't have much character development at all. It just felt like a punch em up. Um, and then we're introduced to a new character that dies at the end of the movie and we don't we're supposed to be like you know emotional about what's his name the the flash or whatever the hell that that x-men character was quicksilver quicksilver I, I, I felt the same way i mean even though quicksilver is not in the original avengers i i felt this i kind of felt the same way about yandu in this movie yeah. where like you know yandu wasn't guardians of the galaxy but i didn't really put that much weight on him as like Peter's father like I never thought of it that way I guess right I don't but know. they I mean they do that during this movie they build that up whereas like they don't do anything I know, but with Quicksilver I just think that, in Age of Ultron I know but I just think in that sense it's almost like they just added a new character in this movie and then they killed him <laughs> off at the end like you were I don't know I felt the same way between Quicksilver and I don't know even I mean look this movie's better than Ultron there's no question in my mind yeah like I think it's 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 got more heart than Ultron, uh, more humor. But I think, yeah. But, but it's a good it's a good comparison. Because I just because they're not bad. Like they're it's good acting. Like that's the problem also with the Marvel movies is like in my mind, like they're never gonna be completely bored. I mean, Colin, I guess you were bored, but like they're not gonna be like, you know, you know, where it's like Suicide Squad does not hold your attention. Yeah, it's yeah. like. Because no one's funny, no one's charismatic. There's we're like, a terrible story, right? We're like in these movies, even if the story's bad, everyone's funny, everyone's charismatic, everyone's interesting. Mm -hmm. Things are interesting to look at. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I should I should stress that I wasn't bored with um, the the characters or, or the or the acting. That's is what set it apart and what kept it going. It was I was bored with the story. And how just obvious it was to me, mm -hmm. and not creative. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. yeah. Well, there's a. And we get another movie um, talking about Thanos, and without him doing anything. <laughs> well, at least we didn't see him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we're building up to something big. Well, yeah, but 15 like fifteen years of the making of <laughs> that. Yeah. It's, it's so well, that's the stupid. thing, like. We can't have a Gamora Nebula movie because it's going to take too long to complete. And by that time, like they're already working on Infinity War, aren't they? Like oh, they're yeah, shooting yeah. it. it so like, they, they can't. The time has passed. But Nebula is definitely a key part in that. I mean, she's like our link to to Thanos. So. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. But yes, well, I, I recommend it. I, I really enjoyed yeah, this movie. I do too. I plan to see it again. So um, so that's our first Marvel <clears throat> movie of the year, right? Yes. Yeah. And then we got Spider-Man Homecoming. And is there something in the fall coming too? Thor. Oh, Thor. Yeah, got it. Big Marvel year. 
Man, I can't wait till they have Thor 4. That's going to be... <coughs> 4. I'll just call it Thor with a U. Um, uh, we end every show with some video on demand recommendations. Let's get to that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Uh, it will not be the OC this week, Colin. Uh, I just, it's not necessarily a recommendation, but I did watch the first episode of The Handmaid's Tale uh, the other night, which was, uh, it was, it was, it was really good. I thought it was really interesting, really different. Um, I haven't read the book. It's a book, right? Mm-hmm. I have not read that, so I don't really know much about it, to be honest with you, which is maybe, like, my feminist card cred is out the window, but... Uh, How dare you? Not read, uh, a, not read a book that you've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> but I was... Uh, I've heard of it, come on. But, um, I haven't. Uh, anyways, yeah, it was good, and uh, I'm interested to see more of it. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to... Well, I got to watch that. Well, I'm going to wait until it's all aired, and then I'm going to do my free trial of Hulu, and then... Watch, watch it. it all and then cancel my Hulu. Because they, yeah, they don't. But release once you realize that the OC is on Hulu, you'll continue paying yeah, for it. it. But I, they don't release them all at once. They re, they release them weekly. Yeah, it's a new thing they're doing, which I I kind of I like because it builds the culture around the mo- around the show. Like people are waiting now for it and talking. Yeah, about but you it. know, I, I I think that I I don't know. I I think it's a step back. I I think it's like we got here, like <laughs> where you can just watch a whole series at once. Like, why are we? And there's commercials. Like, like I don't get why. Like, <laughs> H, honestly, like I can't believe HBO is not there yet. Where, you know, all the whole season of Silicon Valley just comes out. Right. Like, there's still, you know, they still have their hands in like their their station. They're not a streaming. Platform. I know, but but they don't make they don't have ad revenue, so like they can't be making money. <laughs> Well, anymore you don't think way. HBO's making money? No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> that they, they can't make money. They can't be making money more by releasing an episode every week yeah, than true. releasing it all at once. Like, I don't I don't get how that would make them more money. True. Well, I, I, I guess I would predict that they will soon get rid of that and just do yeah. streaming from now on. I don't know. I mean, HBO just has Sunday night. Sunday night HBO. That's when all their shows are. Yeah, right. they just take turns doing them throughout the year. So I mean, they make it like a, a weekly thing. Like I know when Game of Thrones is on, and I was living with my old roommate, we would be like, "It's Sunday night. It's time for HBO and Game well, yeah, of Thrones." Yeah, sure, me too. I mean, so like it, I, I like that. fun about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, their shows are so good. That, yeah, but the, like it builds the culture around the show that that's like people talk about it. Like when Game of Thrones comes out in July, it's gonna be nuts. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, we're coming to an end here, and they don't want to release I, I, anything I in think, one, and then like have people spoiling it, yeah. bullshit. But I think in the case of in the case of uh, Game of Thrones, there's probably a strategic reason for releasing it week by week, and I don't mean by building momentum. It's probably because they're still doing VFX on a lot of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but in the case of like Curb Your Enthusiasm, like, wh- what do they have to lose by releasing all of those episodes yeah. at once? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that. When you when you go back and watch old TV shows that were aired weekly, um, there's a certain, you know, when things are serials like that, I think it loses quality. I think it, I think because you you build upon having to tune in next week instead of just okay, I can finish this story in a day. Right. I have an idea. And yes. It's working. I subscribe to HBO and I pay for HBO. And they release them weekly. So I have to, I can't just do a free trial of it and then watch what I want to watch and then cancel the free trial. Oops. 
It's like I'm paying for I've been paying for HBO and I I if I want to watch a full season like of something that's new, I would have to have it for you know the two three months that it's on. I guess that makes sure that you are actually paying for it exactly because if it, like if they release free, it, like Hulu free trialing it and yeah, dumping it exactly then because that's what I'm gonna do with Hulu. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that's interesting. Maybe that's why. All right, but yeah, hmm. interesting. Anyways, Colin, yeah. what are you recommending? Uh, I'm going to recommend something on HBO. It, I think it was maybe the first time I've actually watched it in full, but catch me if you can. Hmm. What? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? No. I remember like seeing, like I remember when I was watching it, remembering scenes of from it, but I don't think I ever watched it in full. And uh, that's a fun fucking movie. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, good dude, Spielberg. Yeah, dude, how good? Maybe like 15 minutes too long, but... It's a good movie, and Christopher Walken is incredible in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the score in that movie is amazing. Yeah, the score is awesome. The soundtrack is really good. The soundtrack is awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I really really enjoyed watching. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio is really good in that too. Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. good movie. Great movie. That guy is he still alive? What's his name? Steven Spielberg. So. Yeah, <laughs> the Frank the main Abber- character Al. Or yeah, he uh he actually is like he works with the FBI and stuff as like a counterfeit yeah, expert. That's and the stuff. end of the movie. Yep. Spoilers. <clears throat> He'll be on like the news every <laughs> once in a while. He'll be on, you know, like CNN or Fox News every once in a while, like talking about stuff. Um so that's cool. Uh yeah. Uh for me, that's that's a good recommendation. For me, um I just discovered I have two things. I just discovered that spaced the Edgar Wright TV show that was a British TV show is on yeah. Hulu. Right. Um, and that show is fucking awesome. Not a lot of people have seen it, um, but you get like all of Edgar Wright's style because he wrote and directed every episode. And same with Simon Pegg. He, he wrote every episode um, together. And that show is so funny and so stylized. And it's only 14 episodes. Like there's a beginning, middle, and an end to it. There's a it's a complete story, hmm. and I highly recommend binging it. I think you guys would love it. I think you'd love it, Kale, for sure. If you haven't seen it, yeah, I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah, um, and now I have Hulu, kind of, because I'm watching the OC. So I uh... <clears throat> yeah, like watch space. <laughs> split your time with by watching space. I mean, they're short 20, 20 to twenty five minute um, episodes, and they're funny. Like they're they're very, you know, aired nineteen ninety nine went to 2001 it's it's kind of a different era of you know youth like 20 somethings living together so it's interesting um but i also want to highly recommend uh dear white people the tv show on netflix um that is a really smart show and i think i think the the title is kind of scaring people away because it's like oh it's going to be one of these movies or one of these tv shows but um it is so much more than that. It really dives deep into um, race and race relations, not just a, between white and black, but between uh, black students, like black undergrads at a fictional college, like Ivy League type college. And there are different different characters and d- different sides. It's a, narrati- s- it's a narrative? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I don't um, know why I thought it was like a good like a series of docs or something. You know, Barry Jenkins directed an episode. Yeah, I heard. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's it's really funny and really good. Um, 
so I'm excited to see more of that. And I think <clears throat> I, I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but I, I think it's, it is like a dark horse kind of candidate for a nomination for best comedy at the Emmys. Um, it's just really smart and it yeah, doesn't, it, there's, that. there's no stereotypes. Like these characters are like real <coughs> people that you can relate to. Um, even if you're not, you know, black or a person of color, like, um, and you, you're, you're not every character is right. Like there are so many characters in it that are f- deeply flawed and bad people or, you know, just their priorities aren't right. So it's it's a good satire and a good commentary on like what's going on now. So yeah, yeah. I, I was I've just been a lot a lot of people have been talking about it. So <clears throat> I, uh, another thing I should get to. Mm-hmm. You know what title would scare me? Actually, scare me would be White Deer People. <laughs> it was like a TV show about white-tailed <laughs> deers and people were like this like fused into one thing. And, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I think that about does it for this uh, week's edition of the Woodward's Filmcast. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. For those of you yeah. uh, playing along uh, the drinking game, uh, Kale mentioned the OC five times tonight. Yeah. So um, that's so how yeah, it's five shots right now. Uh... I just started OC podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was there last night, you know. I was in the I was in the OC. I watched the Anaheim Angels lose to the Detroit Tigers. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, that that about does it. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week. I have got a feeling we can do two consecutive shows again uh, with another movie. Uh, not sure what it will be, but we will have another episode. Mm-hmm. If you have any uh, recommendations, requests, death threats, uh, suggestions. No. Uh, email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at woodwardsdt. I'm at, I'm at Kale Davidoff. Mitch, you want to plug your Twitter? Sure, I'm at Mitch Haba, M-I-T-C-H-J-J-B-A. And uh, Colin, you can people just call you. You want to give your number out? <laughs> yes, I'm 27 years old. I'm single. And, um, <laughs> I have a mic stand now. I can talk right <laughs> into the mic. Yeah, I can talk and use my hands. <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, you can message me on like Instagram or... Oh, direct message what's me your Instagram? Instagram I think it's Colin C-O-L-L-I-N W-O-7 mm-hmm. all is in zero or all is in O is in zero <laughs> uh, that about does it so we will see you next time for Colin and Mitch I'm Kale we'll uh, see you next movie review woo bye, bye. see ya